On this episode of Aka Education, Justin speaks with New Jersey educator and director of Alzapilla, Billy Alzahair. Billy and Justin talk handling auditions, holding rehearsals, and managing your group's daily functions virtually. Let's get ready. It's time for some Aka Education. Hey everybody, this is Justin Glodish and this is episode 10 of the Aka Education Podcast. I'm here with Billy Alzahair and he's a performer, composer, arranger, and teacher from Northern New Jersey. Billy studied voice ed at Montclair State University, and he currently teaches middle school chorus and orchestra at Greenbrook Middle School, which has been nationally recognized by the NAM Foundation for Music Education for the last four years in a row. He runs the Rock and Roll Academy Camp with Joe Cantafa each summer and is vice president of Morris Area Choral Directors Association. Most recently, his acapella group, Alzapella, I love that, by the way, has performed in the Highlands Acapella Festival, Ramsey Acapella Night, Jersey Harmony Explosion, and the NJMEA State Conference, and were featured twice by Deke Sharon via his Facebook stream. That's a pretty big deal. Billy, welcome to the Aka Education Podcast. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, I'm excited to talk to you because... I'm a middle school educator, you're a middle school educator, and you know this is our first time actually talking face-to-face. And um, I just, I'm curious, Al Zappella, you know, how did it get started for you and what was your motivation by creating this middle school acapella group? So <clears throat> we got started um, four or five years ago. Uh, Tom Pastor, who runs Highlands Voices and that amazing program uh, uh, in Northern New Jersey, I saw him uh, present at a conference, a state conference on acapella. And uh, it was right around the time that show Pitch Slap came out. I don't know if you watched any of it. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm watching this show and I'm like amazed at like the kind of stuff these kids are doing. And I'm just like, and I've always loved acapella. I did, I, you know, I started like a glee club when I was in college. You know, all these things that I, I just, I love doing and I miss doing. And uh, I'm watching these high school kids and I'm like, oh my God, they're incredible like absolutely amazing. And then he came and he, he gave that conference and I, I talked to him afterwards and I was like, hey, uh, I just want to say like, I'm a big fan. And like, I tried my best to not be creepy about it because like, <laughs> I didn't want to be like, I've seen you on TV. Right. <laughs> um, I was like, I'm a big fan. I think what you're doing is amazing. Uh, and he was telling me that they were going to do the, the first ever uh, Highlands Acapella Festival uh, wow. that year. And I was like, oh my God, that sounds awesome. I'll definitely go. And he's like, like, yeah, you should come. And uh, I was like, can I bring my kids, even though they're middle schoolers? He's like, yeah, bring your kids. Mm-hmm. Too. So at the time, I didn't have an acapella group. I had a select choir. Uh, okay. Greenbrook Singers, and it's a women's select choir. They try, you know, we do high-level rep, like four or five-part harmony. And uh, it was actually my first year at Greenbrook that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to build the program. There wasn't really a choir program before that. So there's a lot going on all at once. Um, told the kids about it. We went up on a Saturday. Uh, Tom did an amazing job of launching that whole thing. It's like huge now. It's, it's two nights now. They can't, they can't even fit <clears throat> all the people into one night, um, which is so cool. But anyway, uh, you know, I heard that Deke was going to be there and like, I'm, I'm an Aka nerd. Like to me, Deke's a big deal. So 
Right. When I heard about that, I was like, that's awesome. Uh, and, you know, we were, Tom's like, if your kids want to come and sing, like, we'll have a master class for them. We, we have all these awesome clinicians. And I was super excited. And um, he texted me on my way up. He's like, I know I told you that you guys are going to have your master class at whatever time. He's like, can you do it at one or whatever? Uh, because Deke has his lunch then. And he said he'd love to hear your group. And I was mm -hmm. like, uh, why? Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> um so of course, you know, everybody like the, my, uh, my girls that I brought the year were like freaking out. They're like, wait, mm -hmm. we're going to meet him. I'm like, you're going to sing for him. And they're like, oh my God. Uh, so we, we sang for Deke and uh, one of my friends who actually runs one of the Highlands groups now, Irene Lahr, uh, mm -hmm. was also uh, had kids at the festival that year, uh, middle schoolers. Mm -hmm. And um, so we kind of, but they couldn't perform that year. I forget what happened or they just didn't know they were able to perform as middle schoolers. So she uh she told me about them and i was like oh they because they were doing the same some of the same songs as us and i was mm -hmm. like they can sing with us so like we had some her kids sing with us and we did um i remember we did bring me a little water sylvie uh with like some body percussion and stuff and uh that's one of the ones that he filmed and he posted on his live stream and like within like two days it had like forty thousand views and like my kids were like oh my god we're famous like they were so yeah. excited about it he has he has that power once he posts something it it, it goes viral pretty quick i've yeah. seen it and you know what it's not only like and that was a huge part of it but you know i've met him now five or six times maybe and like every time i meet him it's like it's still magic man like he's he's so uh just influential he like he i don't know he there's something about the way he speaks to people that yeah. like make you want to do better that make you feel like you're doing a good job Mm -hmm. uh yeah there, he's he's a he's a magical dude deke he's a cool guy but anyway so that was the first time we met him um huge deal for all of us so we got back to school after this everybody's on a high like all the kids were so excited telling all their friends sharing the link and everything and uh they were like and one of the biggest thing was they got to see all the other high school groups because they did a concert right? right and my kids were like losing their mind at these high school groups like they were fan club like they were fan clubs they were like you know, fanning out on like these other New Jersey acapella groups. And I totally get it. They were amazing. Um, and we get back to school the next Monday and we're all talking about it. And I was like, what if we started like a legit acapella group? Like aside from our normal group, like it's completely separate thing. We let boys be in it. Cause like at that time that was only a girl audition group. I do have a men's choir that's mm -hmm. also happening. Um, but I was scared because like, I don't, I didn't know anything about beatboxing, anything about choreographing right. movement. Uh, you know, I, I teach choir, like I, I know choir pretty well, but I, I, the rest of the stuff I didn't really know about. So I, I would say the coolest thing, um, and this is what I said when I, when I presented at the conference this year was like, just do it, just jump in because you'll figure everything out. Like, I feel like if you have right. college education in music, you, you're going to figure all this stuff out. The stuff that I was most nervous about, I talked to people. Like I reached out to Tom. I reached out to uh, uh, Case and Jackson at Carteret High School. I reached out to um, Irene Lahr, you know, uh, people who I knew had really good groups who, who would come in like workshop with my group and stuff. And uh, I, you know, there are a couple of people who like knew how to beatbox who gave me lessons. Joe Cantafa is another one, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that really helped out. And me and Joe did that camp. We, we met at that Highlands Festival. Uh, okay. Joe and I. So 
and he introduced himself and he was like, your kids were great. Um, what do you think about doing like a middle school version of what I do? And he explained what rock and roll chorus was. And uh, I was like, dude, I'm in, like, let me know when you want to do this. So we started that summer camp that year. And, uh, and I learned a lot from him too, because Joe's real cool. Like when, when you, when you like run a camp with Joe or when you like learn music with, with Joe, uh, he arranges everything like off the top of his head. So mm. like he'll listen to the song and be like, all right, give me a second. And then he'll just make up a line and uh, kids will record it down and then make up another line, another line. And I, I mean, that's, that's not something I at the time definitely couldn't do. Right. Uh, I, Cause I was, I'm just amazed. Like, He's coming up with an arrangement like right now. Like, how is this mm -hmm. happening? Uh, but it was cool to experience that and learn from him a little bit too. So best thing about acapella is like everybody in the community is so welcoming and like they want to help you. They want to encourage you. There's no like, um, it's funny, my, my principal last year didn't get this. I told him that I presented at the conference mm -hmm. on middle school acapella and, and how to get a group started. And he was like, why would you do that? Is like, right. dude, if you're good at something, you got to get like paid to tell someone else how to do it. I'm like, wait, no, like I see how, like my kids, like we have these heart to hearts all the time where they're like, this is like my family. Like I love coming to acapella more than anything else. Right. And uh, if, and those kids feel like they have a home that like, and I have, you know, certain kids in the group who feel like they're not popular outside of that group, but inside of that group, they feel like a rock star and they feel like they have oh, yeah. friends and, and all that. And you know what that's like too. Yeah. And my whole thinking is like, if I can get like one middle schooler somewhere, like in some other district being like, Hey, I want to go to school now. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Absolutely. And yeah, look, you bring up family and that was, you know, my middle school group was the same thing. These were students who, you know, didn't really hang out with each other, actually didn't really hang out with each other outside of school. Like I had 18 of them last year and maybe four or five of them kind of were like, we're very close and, and whatnot. But when it came down to, we were actually one of the two groups, uh, middle school groups that got to participate in ICHSA. I saw that. Congratulations, and man. That is so awesome. That's a it was, it was, it was really, it was really cool. And they really, they worked for it. They worked hard for it. And I watched this, this bond grow between the 18 of them. And, you know, this year I lost a lot of them to, you know, the high school and um, we're trying to do these virtual auditions now, but the idea of family in, in the acapella community is a really strong one because, you know, like I said, you and I have never talked before, but we feel like we've kind of known each other forever. And you're bringing up names. Like I met Joe, Joe and I judged, um, you know, some ICH or ICCA competitions a while back. And I met Deke a couple of times before, you know, my group that I started a while ago, um, he did a huge workshop with a bunch of groups locally and he was there. And then that was around the first year that he was doing the Carnegie hall gig. Yeah. And, uh, he, he got, uh, he got us involved in that Carnegie hall gig, which was fantastic. So like all these people are like, you know, it's a tight knit community yeah. for us. And, um, the students see that. And then it's, it's a really welcoming community too. Like you said, your students were like cheering for these other high school groups oh, and, yeah. and then vice versa, you know, it's, there's like no like strict competition. There's no like, uh, you know, tearing at each other, you know, yeah. it's, it's a really supportive community. And I love that. And I want to bring it up to my next question, you know, because there's value in that. So what is the value of using contemporary acapella in a, in your music program? You know, I would say that my students and like, this is again, something we talk about a lot. They like chorus. I also teach orchestra too. So a lot of them are in my orchestra group as well. They mm -hmm. like chorus. Uh, I, I would say they really like my uh, select women's choir Greenbrook singers and like they love acapella and mm -hmm. it's 
it's, I mean, it's the same direction. It's still me doing the group. Um, you know, it's just, I think it's what we're doing. Like, you know, as far as the rep and the movement and all that, um, and how we're doing it. And I think those two things make the big difference for them. Um, you know, I'm not one of these music snobs. Like I went to a classical music program, but I don't, I'm not one of those people who thinks like, oh, there's no value in pop music. Uh, right. I, I think that's a BS argument, honestly. I mean, I understand that is some pop music repetitive? Sure. Is yeah. some of it um, a bit, you know, I don't know, uh, fake on the surface? Sure. But there's also some really amazing pop music out there that really like speaks to them yeah and, uh, there's something about watching my kids like not just sing a song but like really own a song you know what i mean right there's been a couple we've done where like we really talk about like what does this song mean where is it coming from and like you know how do you put yourself in the artist shoes and how do you tell the story uh through your own eyes and I've had kids who like just have come out of their shells with like auditioning for solos um, who've really stepped up and like, just bring tears in my eyes, man. Like I, I it gets me every time. Um, but yeah, I think, I think if you do it the right way, if you know what to focus on, one thing that I learned, uh, we had, we had, uh, you know, when I did this conference last year, I did like a Q and A afterwards with, and it's all like music teachers and stuff and a right. lot of really great questions. And this one question stuck out to me and it was one of my proudest moments because I had my kids answer all the questions pretty much. So anything that had to do with acapella, how we rehearse all that, like I, I would have one of them answer the question. Um, so this one teacher says, how do you get kids excited about singing backup? And I was like, that's a big one. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really great question. Can one of you guys feel that? And I had a bunch of kids because like I said, we talk about it all the time, like how it's not about the soloist is one part of the group. You know what I mean? Right. The soloist by themselves is like someone singing in the shower. Like it's not all that exciting. Mm -hmm. um, but the rest of the voices coming together in five, six, seven, eight part harmony, doing these crazy lines, you know, that are winding in and out. They're creating this vocal band. Uh, you know, you, all those elements that just like, that's what makes it amazing. So we don't even add the solo in until like two weeks, a week, maybe out of our, our like before we do our concert or competition or whatever. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. we, we do like everybody learns the parts like perfectly. And then we're, we usually do like a retreat where the kids mm -hmm. will come in on a Sunday um, and we'll go like 10 to four, 10 to five. And I'll buy them. Uh, there's a duck donuts by the, by us. So I buy them duck donuts oh, nice. in the morning and, pizza in the afternoon and we, we just we rehearse all day. We work on team building skills. Um, we work on choreography. We do solo auditions. Like that's kind of like our big work day before our concerts. And uh, it's like, again, acapella, like this is how important it is to them that they, they want to be there. Like they're always like, when's there an extra treat? And it's like, dude, mm -hmm. there, there's kids coming into school on Sunday and they can't wait. Like they, it's like their favorite thing. Uh, that's awesome but one of my kids anyway answered the question and i was like you know what nobody none of us think of it that way it's really about like perspective like what we're doing is just as important as what they're doing and like i just my my heart swelled with pride man like she just nailed it you know what i mean absolutely you know and especially at the middle school level that's like a time where you know some students 
might start thinking, well, singing's not for me anymore, especially with the voice changing. They can't hit notes that they used to anymore. um, And they kind of get turned off by it. Or maybe, you know, they get made fun of by their friends because singing's not cool. And I'm thinking more on, on the male perspective because, you know, sometimes it's, it's, it's tricky to get more male involvement in the choir because, you know, their buddies, their buddies might be making fun of them. But the fact that your middle school choir, like understands the value of it and your group, like you said, your students are answering those all important questions that we as educators are asking, you know, it's a testament to what you're doing as a teacher. And I applaud you for that. Thank you. And, and to be honest, like, getting the guys in the group thing like it's it's a struggle every year i mean mm-hmm. our very first year we were we just did ssaa type stuff it was an all-girl group uh our second year we added i had this really great boy who sang bass for us so we added bass and like just that like B sound and like we split sometimes further but like mm-hmm. having that low end was like mind-blowing like all the kids were like it's so much better now and I'm like I know like we need to do this and then the next year I I had three boys in it I had a bass two tenors and then all the girls Mm -hmm. Uh, and then this year or last year I'm sorry it was all girls but with a boy beatboxer Mm -hmm. Uh, and this year you know who knows it's funny my beatboxer who's great he he picked it up so quick um he used to have like a a super high voice like he had a, a voice just as high as most of the girls and we did a Zoom call the other day and I called attendance and I mm-hmm. called his name and he was like, here. And I'm like, who is, who's, who is that? He's like a bass. He's got like a lower voice than me now. It's crazy. That's awesome. And, you know, I think that what you just said is important too. You're not pigeonholing your group every year. Every group, it's, it's changing. It's like you haven't specifically said we're only going to be a, you know, a treble group, or we're only going to be a TTBB group. You, you really, you take, uh, you know, with your audition process, which we'll talk about in a second, it, it, you take the best that you have and you make it work with, within those, um, the, the abilities of your students, which I think is important because I think a lot of us, when we, when we select repertoire, even, um, even just normal choir, sometimes we feel kind of pigeonholed to trying to be specific to what we think our choir should be. Um, so let's talk about your audition process because, you know, um, I asked you like in like a pre-interview, like how it went. And there's some really cool things that you do that I had never thought of, at least in my audition process. And now I'm like, uh, maybe next year I'm going to kind of like change it up a bit. So can you just talk about your audition process with your group? Yeah, dude, steal anything you want, please. Cause I stole <laughs> most of it from uh, different people too. Um, yeah, I get, I get little bits and pieces, like some things are like, all right, I'm going to take this from what I do for one of the select groups I run. I'm going to take this from uh, something that another one of my friends who runs an acapella group does. And then as I've gone along, I realized like, you know what, it would be really good to know if they, could, if they have this skill uh, before we start. Um, so, so I'll tell you what we do and I'll tell you kind of how I, I make my selection too. Um, Perfect. And by the way, what you just said is like something that I, I, uh, make very clear to them because they, and you probably have this too, like my kids get really nervous when we have a year where we lose a bunch of, you know, heavy hitters or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they're like, well, what are we going to do next year? What are we going to do when they're gone? And I'm like, uh, yeah, already they're doom and gloom. They're like, already, oh, what are we going to yeah, do now? Exactly. You know? It's exactly. like, well, we're not going to have a base next year. I was like, well, someone might audition for base and guess what? If they don't, then we'll do SSAA. And if we have no girls then we'll do TTBB, like whatever, that's the great thing, right? About acapella is like, mm-hmm. especially, and I know you arranged as well. Like, if you can do a little bit of arranging for your own group, you can make anything work, right? Exactly. Yep. 
anyway, so audition process. Um, we do two days of auditions. Um, the first day, generally, I do um, some team building exercises with them and I do uh, movement exercises with them. So um, the team building one, which like to some people that might si sound like a, like a time waster or something, I feel like that's like one of the most important ones because I, I make them like do things that are like a little bit stressful, like games like the human knot, you know, and, and things like that. Uh, we play different, um, almost like minute to win it type games, right? Where like trust games where you have to be blindfolded and mm -hmm. run an obstacle course and things. So it's fun because they're laughing the whole time. They're having a blast. Uh, right. and they already feel like, oh my God, is this what we do in acapella? I want to do this. Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing is I'm watching the whole time and I'm like, okay, these two can't figure this out. Let's see how they resolve it. Because right. the one thing I will say is like, that I, I have learned and I've learned my lesson on, and some people might disagree with me, um, is I will take a kid who's got a good attitude, who wants to be there, has potential over mm -hmm. a kid who's an amazing singer, but like kind of doesn't really care about being there, doesn't get along with other people. Um, right. Because I've learned from the couple years that I've done this is, I've learned that's like, it's cancerous, man, because those, it takes one kid, really yep. one kid with that kind of attitude where everything's like, this is lame. Why are we doing this? I don't want to go. Like one of those kids who is going to argue over, if I say, Hey, go work in sectionals. And this kid's giving, you know, um, side eye to the other ones and making them all feel uncomfortable. Like that chemistry is almost more important than their like, technical skills as, as a singer right um so that's when i check for that you know what i mean right. so during the and that's important yeah chemistry is like 100 percent. you know part of the whole the group aspect you know if yeah. you don't have it then what are you really doing yeah and i've made them and that's why i've learned i've made the mistake i've put kids in my group who i had you know i had some reservations about but i'm like you know what they're really good they're an incredible mm -hmm. singer and each one of those kids either dropped out or got kicked out and it was just, I, I've learned my lesson with it. Uh, so that's why I'm trying to warn other directors. Like, if you think a kid, like, man, they're so talented, but like, ooh, they got a bad attitude. And you think like, man, this group will fix them. From my experiences, it, it doesn't. <laughs> From my experience. Nope. Um, I think it, I, I do think that for certain kids, it brings out a better side of them. But if you have one of those kids who's just not interested in being there, man, let them, let them do something else because it's not worth it. Absolutely. So that's the first day. Um, as far as movement activity, usually what I do is like, I'll find a song like uh, the Cupid Shuffle and I'll, I'll show them a YouTube tutorial video of like how to do it, the steps, the motions, um, something easy, you know? Uh, right. Uh, even Cotton Eye Joe, like doesn't really matter what it is. Uh, and then I'll have them go up on stage and take turns. And, like they'll swing to the back line each time and they'll take turns dancing. And what I tell them is like, I don't necessarily care about how, how good you are technically about moving in the, the same direction and all that, you know, I hope you get that right. But honestly, I just want to see if you are comfortable in your own skin. You know, mm -hmm. I want to see if you're, if you're feeling like, Oh my God, I don't want to do this. I don't like moving to music. Or if you're like, I'm just going to go up there and have fun. And if you can show me that you can go up there and have fun, then like, great. I know there's not going to be an issue there. Um, that one's not as important as the chemistry one. Cause I have had kids who are not the best, of dancers and 
you know, we, we just make their, their part less difficult. Uh, and, right. And it's fine because they add to the group vocally. Right. The second day of auditions is more like what you'd, you'd see like in a choir audition type thing where um, I have them do two scales. I have them learn a pop song of their choosing. They sing it for me a cappella. Uh, usually just the first verse and first hook. Um, if they really want to do the bridge for me, I'll say like, okay, go and do the bridge for me. Um, and do a little thing, like it's like an oral callback section where like okay. I make up a riff uh, just like kind of on the spot and then I'll record it on my piano and then I'll play it from three times. And then after the third time, they have to try to do it on their own just to see like how good their callback is. So like, it's usually four measures, like na 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 Like that was last year's. I remember, I don't know why. But that was last year's. And like, seems like, okay, not too bad, but like, you know, they get a little nervous and then it, but again, it's nice to hear like, are you saying in key? Are you at least mm-hmm. ending on the right note, starting on the right note? Uh, do you have the direction of the notes right? Uh, right. So that oral callback part is uh, important too. Uh, I usually do like just a little mini interview as well, because I want to know like, why do you want to be in this group? You know? If, so yeah, I think, I think all this stuff's, uh, you know, pretty important. And it's good to hear them singing acapella to make sure they can stay in tune. I will say uh, pretty close to attitude is like, uh, ability to match pitch. Those are the things that I would say, like anything else I can kind of be like, all right, we can work on that. But uh, a kid who really, really struggles with pitch and a mm-hmm. kid who really struggles with like a bad attitude, I'm definitely going to think twice about having them in the group. Great. I um, I want to talk about the, uh, the riff that you had just mentioned, because you said you just kind of come up with it off the top of your head. And Earlier, you had mentioned that you do this rock and roll chorus camp with uh, with Joe Cantafa, and uh, he does. He, you said he creates these arrangements on the spot. Do you find that with your group um, year after year, are you arranging like organically like that, or is it more you're going home and you're pretty much putting pen to paper or going online to like say finale or whatever? Um, is it a combination of both, or how is your arranging process for your group? Uh, I would say for me, I'm not. Uh, my mind doesn't work the same way as Joe's in that way. I can do it. I have done it. Like I did it last year or the last time we did camp, I arranged um, everybody talks. Yeah. So um, it was one of those, like we taught him one song. We wanted to have two. We kind of thought like, Oh, everybody talks that like, that'd be a cool song to do. Um, And then it got to the point where like neither of us wrote it out. And I was like, all right, we're just going to make this up right now. And I did it. It worked, you know, it sounded good. I was, pretty proud of it um but in normal circumstances like yeah i i go uh you know on either finale music or something um start you know writing out the way i usually do it is i'll um i'll find a, if i can i'll try to find a version of just the melody mm-hmm. written out already somewhere uh then i'll write in the baseline you know after you pick whatever key you want it in uh, i generally write in the key the song's initially in like the original key of the song that way I can kind of go back and forth between like a YouTube version of the song and like listen to it write in my parts in that key and then if I want to transpose it later to fit my kids voices right uh, you know, it's easy to do from there but I, I would recommend doing it in the key of the song just so you can kind of like sometimes you hear something in the background and you're like oh wait like look there's like a synth in the background doing something I got to figure out what that is and it's really hard to figure out what it is and then try to adjust the key right in your head on the spot um so yeah and then so once i get the melody line 
and I get the baseline, I just start filling in the middle parts with, you know, whatever I kind of want there, whether it's like a blocked sound or, um, you know, I always try to have some sort of rhythmic um, diversity, I guess, you know, where like two voices maybe are keeping a straight line where other voices are doing something syncopated uh, in between uh, just to kind of keep that rhythm driving forward. And um, yeah, and I generally, I just wrote an arrangement for some recently and like, I generally don't put like the vowels in. I'll put sometimes the lyrics in for the lead part even though kids don't really need it, they, they know usually the pop songs we're doing. Right. Uh, they can put the lyrics on their own. But um, I usually don't even put the vowels into mine because nine times out of 10, I change them like five times. Or I'm like, what, wait, you guys are saying ah there? Like, ooh, let's change it to do. Like, it, it just changes so often that I've just, I just, you know, put the notes in and we, uh, we figure out the vowels later. And we go back and forth on, you know, like what kind of silly vowel can we put in there that makes it sound like the instrument we're trying to... Uh, to um you know have the audience here right and i don't know if you do this i know this is something that i tend to do uh especially after students audition with me with the song of their choosing do you find yourself listening to those specific songs and you know you might get like a rock star like singing the solo of let's use like lewis capaldi like before you go or something like that um do you find yourself after hearing those auditions and you've made your decisions do you say you know, I think we're going to go and try and arrange this song because you know you have somebody who has the potential to really hammer out that solo? So that's a really good question. Um, I don't, I do do what you said, but not for the reason you said. So a lot of times people will come in and they'll sing a song and I'm like, what song is that? I really like that. And they tell me and I'm like, oh, all right, that's really cool. And like, then it starts getting stuck in my head. I'm like, man, I got to listen to that song. And then I'll go listen to it and I'm like, oh, this would be an awesome acapella song. You know, like sometimes you just kind of start hearing the arrangements in your head and you're like, I got to put this on paper right now. Right. Um, so that's, that's definitely happened before. Uh, actually a lot. Like we did last time we sang for Deke, we sang, what about us? Mm-hmm. And that was, I'm pretty sure one that a girl that year sang as her audition piece. And when I told them, like, I think we're gonna do this song. I'm like, Oh, I sing that in my audition. I'm like, cool. Um, but I don't, I don't, um, and I do this with musicals too. I don't like pre-cast anything. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's great if I know I have a kid who can like, okay. So with What About Us, I had these two girls uh, who were twins and mm-hmm. like absolute rock stars and they can belt to like a high E. So that's always in the back of my head. Like, all right. Like last year we were going to do, before uh, COVID hit, we were going to do Kesha's Praying. Okay. And uh, we got an arrangement from... Uh, the Florida State University uh, Acabellas, I believe, uh, the girl group, because they have a really, really cool arrangement. Uh, and they sent it up to us. We started learning it. We were like three-fourths of the way through. And the kids were like, Mr. Alzheimer, who's like, who's going to do that whistle tone part? And I was like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And like, that's just kind of how I treat, like, when they're nervous about something, I'm always like, nah, it'll work out. Somebody yeah. will do it. <laughs> and uh, then kids were just like, I taught them how to w- do like whistle tones a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave them some like resources, like videos to watch. And so they don't hurt themselves. Um, and then like kids came back the next time. And like, there was like three of them who could do it. And I was like, all right, see, there you go. And there's also, uh, I think there's like a belted high E flat. And there's also a low, like, oh my gosh, there's like a low E flat or something in, in that song for a girl's range. Right. So it's, it's crazy. It's like, 
you know, <laughs> the craziest girl range you could have. But that I do think about. Like when I pick those songs, I have to know that I at least have people capable of doing those things. Right. And and not for nothing, you know, you may have had a student that sang that solo and but one of your other students didn't and they might do it more justice. Yeah. I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, building your repertoire because you know, as much as I do, that there's really not a lot of middle school acapella repertoire out there. I mean, you know, I interviewed uh, Brian Sharp a couple weeks ago um, as part of my arranging um, episode, and Brian does some pretty cool stuff. He does a lot of stuff for Brody McDonald's group 11th Hour. Um, he is like a primary arranger for them. But then he has some, you know, some solid SAB materials, um, a lot of Charlie Puth songs. Um, but other than that, there's really not much for the middle school um, acapella group. So it's really yeah. coming down to, you know, us in the trenches, I guess you could say, arranging yeah. for our groups, which um, is beneficial because, you know, it's it, for me at least, and you'd probably say the same thing. It, I feel like it's making me a better teacher, making me a better yeah. musician, but also um, the students are becoming better musicians as well because they're watching the process unfold and they're taking part in that as well. Yeah. And I've arranged some songs before, like, and I'm not like, I think I'm a decent arranger, but like, I didn't, I didn't study it in school. You know what I mean? Like, right, me neither. Yeah. I, I was just a voice ed major. Like I've kind of always messed around with it, but I'm not somebody who's like a, you know, foremost authority on arranging, but I will say like, I do feel like I get a little bit better at it every year. Uh, I know what my strengths are as an arranger. I know what my weaknesses are as an arranger, mm -hmm. which I think is important. Um, like in, you know, like, for example, like, I know when I listen to your arrangements, like, one thing you do great that I'm not good at is, like, creating uh, dissonances that just make sense in the mix. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I really struggle with that. I have dissonance in my music, but I want more, usually. Right. And usually when I put it in, I'm like, ah, it just sounds like I'm doing it just to do it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, like, when I listen to one of your arrangements, I'm like, oh, my God, that fits so good there. Thank you. You know what I mean? Uh, I know my strength as a middle school ranger, and this is something that Deke has said to me, is that like, I, I do a good job of making my arrangements sound more difficult than they actually are, but I'm, I, I think I do a pretty good job of making it like technically appropriate for middle schoolers. You know, I'm not going to usually give them something that's like way above what they're capable of. Mm -hmm. uh, and if it, if it, like when we're doing praying, if there is a section that's like, yeah, you know what? this is written for a college group. You're not a college group. I'll adjust it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that th that was one of the biggest things. One of the biggest questions, because I did a little survey before I presented, like, what do you want to know about middle school acapella? Like, what's holding you back? What are you nervous about? And I was expecting most people to say what I would have said, which was like, I don't know how to teach beatboxing, for example. Right. Mm -hmm. I was very nervous about that. And actually, overwhelmingly, uh, people's response was, where do I get arrangements where do I find music and uh and for me I didn't ever really think about it because I always arrange for my group so I, like I don't even I don't worry about it because either I'll arrange something or I'll take like you know Tom Pastor who's such a great guy mm -hmm. um he's like offered like hey I you know if you see an arrangement that I've done that you want to do with your kids by all means just go for it you know what I mean we've done some of his his arrangements before um so you know, we've done like Ben Bram arrangements and things like that. And we just modified to fit our voices. But yeah, I just, I write for my own group. So what I tell people when they're nervous about that is one, you can get an arrangement done by someone who does this a lot for not that much money, honestly. Right. Like, you know, like maybe, and I don't know what your rates are. Like for me, like I, like a hundred, 200, 300 bucks, somewhere in there, you can get 
a pretty decent arrangement for someone who knows what they're doing that'll fit your group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't have to do anything else. Like, and you know, you're going to spend that money on choir reps. So why not spend it on paying an arranger? Exactly. For- yeah. Uh, but aside from that, the other thing I, I was pushing at the conference too, is like, just be brave, like trust yourself. You have a degree in music. Yeah. You've taken all the theory and oral skills classes that I have. Um, you've listened to music your entire life. You've performed music your entire life. I promise you, you can arrange. Mm-hmm. And like, it's okay if it's not great up front. Like you'll get better. Cause I, sometimes I arrange a whole song. I'll spend like seven, eight hours putting it all together. And then like, I try it with my group and I'm like, no, I don't like it. <laughs> and I'll like throw it away and do something different just because it doesn't always come out the way you want it to come out. Right. It's always, it really, for me, um, it's always like a trial and error type thing. And, you know, like uh, the arrangement of the bones that I did last year, um, it's probably even after I, I've posted it, you know, for purchase, it's probably been modified at least three or four times. And even what's written in is for sale is not how my students performed it last year because yep. there were different things that we tried. We pulled some stuff away and added some stuff. And, you know, you, you bring up your, your conference presentation, which I'm actually, um, you, you sent it to me and I'm going to post it in the, um, the episode description so other people can see it. One of the things that I find interesting about, you know, what you're saying, is that you know as educators you know and even as society there's this this idea that we need to be perfect all the time and you know it needs to be like this way exactly and there's that fear that uh, it shows that we're vulnerable if we mess up and we don't want our students to see that and I mess up all the time good lord seven semesters of piano I'm still a horrible piano player at times you know um I'm with you man I'm with you but you know watching these um you know these arrangements come to life and then you know just picking and pulling apart what you need to make it sound good you had mentioned that you know you make your arrangements sound more complex than they already are I remember you sending me your arrangement of centuries follow up boy centuries last year and I had only heard the midi file and I was like I really want to hear what this sounds like and then you posted or like you, you shared with me like the arrangement itself. And it was, it was like, it was amazing. And, you know, these are only middle school students, remember. And um, really it's about the growth of the voice and really giving your students what they need. So those educators that are out there and still really nervous about arranging, it's really trial and error and um, have fun with it because your students and, are going to take part in the experience too. Yeah. And you brought something up that I think is a really good point, like about failure. And I talk to my kids about this all the time. Like, not only is it good for them to fail, it is good for you to fail in front of them. And I know that that sounds weird because you always want to be like, you know, I'm the teacher. I have the control. You have to learn from me. I know what I'm doing. Uh, and like, I, I get it. But I think it is so important for your kids to see you mess up regularly. And mm-hmm. I do like, I have voice cracks in front of them and I joke about it. You know what I mean? I have, and I tell them like, guys, if your voice cracks, it's just, it's like a, you know, a car backfiring. It's just a bad mixture of air and vibration. <laughs> like it's going to happen to me. It doesn't mean I'm going to quit music. I'm a bad singer. I'm going through puberty again. Like it doesn't mean any of that. It just, it happens sometimes. Uh, you know, I mess up as you were saying, like on the piano all the time. And I'm like, oops, yeah. sorry guys. I'm really messing this up for you. <laughs> and I think that's important because if we show them that it's okay to fail, we can still be successful mm-hmm. at what we're doing, then they'll feel like they can fail and still be successful at what they're doing. What I always tell middle schoolers and their parents too, because parents sometimes like, you know, they're really upset they didn't get into the group this year, or they're really upset they didn't get the solo. And I get it, I understand it, I've been there, every performer has been there. Um, but what I always tell them is, 
I get it. I understand. But um, it's really important that they experience failure and disappointment now. Right. While they're still young and they have you and me and this whole support system uh, uh, around them rather than they go through their whole life and they kind of coast by and they never try anything and they never really fail. And then when it really counts, when they're like in their young adult years, they fail at something and they don't know how to cope with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, failure is good. Like you should do that and you should be honest with your kids always. Like sometimes they're like, let's try this. It might sound like trash guys, mm-hmm. but let's give it a shot. And then sometimes I'll be like, what do you think? And I'll be like, meh. I'm like, all right, well, let's try this instead. And like, I'll do that kind of trial. And I'm sure you do too, that kind of trial and error in front of them. Like, all right, let's change the valve to this. Or, you know what, let's change your line to this. Let's add you guys to the Soprano one part. You know, whatever it is. Um, I, I think it's important that they know that you don't have it all figured out. Right. And that's that's part of the process too. It's, you know, and if the, as they see that, you know, it's like, they'll start out a little timid. And then once he's like, all right, well, that didn't work out. What well, let's, you know, let's make these loud mistakes. Let's try it again. All right. Now let's flip flop this. And then I'll work. I usually record rehearsals or I'll record, you know, the end of rehearsals of what we worked on. And then, you know, after a performance, you know, a few months down the road, I go back to those first recordings and I'm like, listen to where you were, look at yeah. where we are now. You know, yeah. you did that. You created this, this beautiful music and, this is what it started out as. And you, you have to remember that it is a process. It's not, you know, I'm going to use Glee, even though Glee has been off the air for like ever, but like when Glee came out there, this is where like the, the perfect, like perfect I know exactly music and say, culture, yeah. you know, came. It's like, Oh, like they sound perfect all the time. It's like, no duh, because they recorded it in a studio beforehand. Right. And you know, where are these instruments coming from? And, and things like that. I love that. how so, Will style of teaching, teaching is like, to write one bird, one word on the whiteboard, oh, yeah, and then yeah. all of a sudden, like professional musicians come in in a symphony, and everyone just happens to know their part. All of this, like, oh, yeah. and he's like, "Well, I guess we'll workshop that, guys." It's like, dude. Uh, it's it, and it's so funny because I remember I did a presentation at um, National ACDA uh, back in Salt Lake City, God, probably like five, six years ago, and I met the actual choral director from Lima High, like Lima, Ohio, and he's like. Yeah, no, that's not how we do things around here. <laughs> He's like, like, like this is this. He was the real life Will Schuster at Lima, but um, you know that that show kind of changed perspective for a lot of people. Um, and then like, even the Pitch Perfect movies, you know, everything's like processed and and stuff, and you don't see the work behind it, you know. For sure. And you know, getting into I'm going to get into like our last portion here, and it's talking about the work ethic. Uh, this year specifically um you know us in new york we're you had uh talked to me earlier we're we're both running hybrid model learning where half your students are probably at home half your students are with you in class and um i don't know about you but for us um our extracurriculars my group is extracurricular um we're going virtual for the time being um, because some of those students who want to be in the group are, you know, 100% online students, you know, their parents don't oh, feel yeah. safe bringing them to school. So um, to make it equitable and fair, you know, it's all virtual at the time. So how are you intending on approaching or how are you approaching the pandemic with your hybrid model and with, you know, everything that's going to go on with not just, you know, your acapella group, but your program in general? Yeah, um, it's tough, man. I got to say, like, I'd love to be... Uh a little bit more optimistic and cheery about like coming out of this stronger and all that. But uh, 
uh, this is my this is my smallest enrollment year. Uh, Same. I, yeah. I, I have about half as many kids in my ensembles that I normally do. I'm finding out each day more and more. Like I just had a kid today who, if she watches this, she's going to kill me that I'm talking about it again. But we're she's in my orchestra class. Um, she's one of my best singers. And like mm. last year, she made really huge improvements. And I got one of the top scores at counties and got a big part in the musical and uh, really like coming out of her shell and doing so well. Uh, and I, was, I had her for orchestra today. And I was like, hey, did you do this, uh, this activity in choir with me the other day? And she was like, no. And I was like, okay, when do you have me for choir? What day? And she like paused. Oh, no. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, okay, I had to drop choir because I got rid of the morning gym thing. So now I can't take both. And, and like, she like went through this whole thing and I gave her a hard time because that's what I do. I always oh, kind of yeah. tease her a little bit. Um, but she was like, she was like trying to hide on her webcam and everything. But yeah, man, even some of my best singers are not in chorus this year. And uh, she's like, but I can still do acapella, right? And I'm like, uh, like, yes, I guess maybe. And that's something that I struggle with too, yeah. which is like, I let those kids who aren't in my program for chorus be in acapella. Um, tough decision. But yeah, so as far as what I'm going to do this year, um, in talking with my colleague, the band director at my school, uh, Vincent Swartzen, he's amazing band teacher has some really awesome programs too i'm very lucky that i get to work with such a cool guy um we were talking about this earlier because he has a wind ensemble and a jazz band mm -hmm. and i have aside from my orchestra i have greenbrook singers men's chorus and alzapella and uh we were talking like so what are you going to do are you going to run going to try to run those groups and i said you know for me i think what i'm going to do is not do greenbrook singers because that's the type of group that it's a chorus and we kind of have to be inside near a piano doing our thing but Alzapella I can give them tracks I can go out in in the um you know onto the the turf field we can spread out we can sing like we don't need anything that's the awesome thing about acapella right like right. you can literally do it anywhere mm -hmm. like we did a flash mob at a Starbucks in Atlantic City when we were presenting because the lady's like are you guys an acapella group and I was like yeah and she's like will you sing for us and I was like I mean Anyone who asks us to sing, I guess we'll sing for you. So we just started singing in the middle of Starbucks and they were like freaking out. Cause like, that's the cool thing, right? Is you can literally do acapella anywhere. Right. So that's the good thing about this year. I might be able to do it because we can spread out. We can socially distance. We can be really safe with it. But as you brought up, which I haven't even really been thinking about is almost all of my like top kids this year are all virtual. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that correlation is. I don't know why that is the case, but I would say from my group, I probably have um, maybe like eight kids returning. Everyone else graduated seven or eight kids. I would say like seven of them are all virtual. Ooh. There's maybe one who's in school um, or two, one or two. So it's, it's tough. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I think they would want to actually come in and, and sing if we were outside um, cause I think they're just more nervous about being inside, which is kind of, that's how I feel too. Right. Um, so I think if we can do that and my principal and my administration, everything will let us, that's going to be our game plan. I am definitely going to do kind of what you're doing where we're going to do virtual auditions. Uh, we're going to do virtual, I'm going to give them learning tracks and stuff like that to, to work kind of on their own with, we'll likely do like a virtual choir type thing like we did, uh, in the spring, uh, but it'll, it'll definitely be different. And regular choir, like my curricular during the day choir, 
those kids, man, I've been, I've been like having to break their hearts this whole the last two weeks. Cause I'm like, listen guys, I know what you're used to is like, we come in, we get our folders, we warm up and we sing for 40 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's, it it's not going to be like that. You know, I just, I can't take that risk with you guys. I don't want to put anybody in danger. I don't want to put your parents in danger. I don't want to put myself in danger. Um, so I'm going to be honest, like we're going to focus more on other elements of music this year. Like, uh, note reading, theory, literacy, appreciation, composition, like all those other things that I don't really have time to get to, history, like I'm, I'm going to try to work that in, but, and I'm sure you know this too, especially with my chorus kids, more than anything, after like three weeks of that, they're like, can we sing? Like they want to sing and I get it, I want to sing, but it's, I told them like, it's going to be tough this year. I had this one sixth grade girl, she was a fifth grader last year, um, she's gonna be a rock star like she's already really good mm-hmm. um, and I just remember giving and I taught her two older sisters as well again she had a big part of the musical anyway I'm giving my speech and when I was talking about like we're probably not gonna be singing in this classroom that much maybe outside once in a while uh, I, she just kind of like sank in her chair and looked really sad and like it broke my heart man because I was like I don't know what to do like I, I want I want you guys to enjoy your time I don't want you to quit singing mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't want to take a risk. You know what I mean? Right. It blows my mind because everything you just described is exactly what we're doing as well. Focusing on theory, focusing on, you know, history and, in different parts, something as simple as, you know, um, even learning how to read the different parts of a score, just like understanding that information um, because it might not have been taught at the elementary school setting. We don't know. So, and for me, I, I have students that filter in from four separate elementary schools. So our sixth graders is the first time they ever, you know, meet together um, with me. And, you know, I had 120 plus last year in sixth grade chorus, and I'm already down to about 80 this year. I've already lost 40 kids just from, you know, not being sure they wanted to participate in chorus because they weren't sure what, you know, what it would entail. And even the students that I have now explaining the same thing that you just explained, you know, we're going to sing when we can, but really it's, it's going to be what we can, um, all the, all the other things. And, you know, some of them kind of, you know, sat back, very upset. I did have a couple drop cause that wasn't for them. Um, but you know, I made the, I made the announcement because we're, we're, we're wary about actually having them sing inside just because of spatial limitations. So we got our softball field out back and I yeah. took my, I took my, my group out today, you know, it was, it was a smaller section and like the, the, the excitement in their faces was like, they were actually singing, um, you know, middle yeah. school voices outside while the, the lawnmower is going on in the back is a little difficult, but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's something and it's important. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that the plan is going to continually evolve and change. Um, but as educators, it's, it's what we do best is, and we're going to make our students learn from that. And, you know, and we talked about it earlier, you know, it's part of the process and this year is literally a process and we'll continue to grow with it. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Billy Alzahair for joining us today, um, this week on the Aka Education Podcast. Billy, thanks again. Um, yeah, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Justin from the Aka Education Podcast here to tell you about Anchor. Anchor is what I use to create these podcasts, and let me tell you, it's free. Uh, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And the beauty of it is we'll distribute the podcast for you. So I can record on Anchor and it's going to send it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all these other places as well. 
And I love that I can make money from this podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So be sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome back to the Aka Education Podcast. Last week, I had a call out to all the teachers across the country to tell me about how everything's going with you during this time of uncertainty as you started off your new school year. This week, I would like to call on all of the students out there, middle school, high school, college students. Tell me what you're going through. How are things going where you're at? You can send me any responses through email, whether they're audio or they're written responses. I will be sharing as many stories as possible in an upcoming episode of the Aka Education Podcast. What's your schedule look like? Are you tied to your dorm rooms? Are you in a hybrid model? Let me know. I would love to hear it. You can email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com with any story you'd like to share. We'll be right back. You know, voting isn't just going to the polls on election day anymore. Options like early voting, mail-in voting, and ballot drop boxes are available to more voters and are growing in popularity. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, breaks down the options your state offers for casting a ballot, empowering you to decide when and where to vote. See, democracy works best when we all vote, but misinformation and confusion about election procedures have resulted in low voter turnout. How to Vote, a tool created by Democracy Works, takes the guesswork out of the voting process. You know, some things that the How to Vote voter tool does is you can sign up for election reminders, see what's on your ballot, get step-by-step assistance requesting your mail-in ballot, and explore your options for returning your voted mail-in ballot. You can check your voter registration status, find your polling site, and even make sure you have the appropriate ID for voting. So decide when and where you'll vote this year at howto.vote. And that concludes our 10th episode of the Aka Education Podcast. I want to take a moment to thank Billy Alzahair for joining us this week and to thank all of you for joining me every week. Be sure to check out the links in our episode description for different resources that we discussed during today's episode. Check us out on social media, Aka Ed Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. Be sure if you haven't done so already to subscribe to this podcast so you can be notified when a new episode is posted every week. We're on Spotify, we're on Apple Music Podcasts, and we're also on Anchor. You can also now check us out on Akaville Radio, akaville.org. And last, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions for the podcast, be sure to email me at akaedpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Justin Glodish. I'll see you next week.